Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Ioan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. a radical purist girl boss. <laughs> which uh, you can understand if you're in our secret Discord, which you can get to by uh, going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. <laughs> oh, I just realized I didn't go, Matt. I didn't go full screen. So video oh, okay. people, I thought it... <laughs> we're seeing only a partial full screen. We were I thought ever you were so once again going to have... than usual. <laughs> I thought you were once again going to have to uh, try try to test your acting skills and uh, and yep. So we're gonna try that over my, again. Laugh at my AKA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mountain Dew, the best way to be an anarchist in Canada until 2010. <laughs> um. So we're. <laughs> What? Uh, this might actually be you might be about to witness uh, Jeff and I having a disagreement a, on air a legit disagreement it's possible, possible. however the, um, I will say that I, in the process of prepping this I pulled up the briefing in question and I think uh, LCI missed the point or whoever they're quoting missed the point so uh Let's pull it up, and I'm I'm not I'm gonna I'll bring the faces back, the handsome men back in a second. But let's look at this. So what we're looking at actually is, um, and it looks like it's not gonna fit on the whole screen. Uh, the whole so I'll I'll read what goes off the screen for those watching. Um, it says, uh, in the middle of the screen you'll see like uh, a, a the tweet that Al Moeller uh, linked to his Tuesday episode of the briefing. Uh, Tuesday, August twenty three. Um, because this will be a different Tuesday for those of you watching this live. Uh, and and um, they set, and it says, yes, Christians should be on the school board. Why Christians cannot abandon responsibility for the larger society. And um, LCI, the Libertarian Christian Institute, um, quoting a man named James Wilson, who I do not know. I do not know who that is. Um, I don't know if I mostly agree with him. I don't know if I mostly disagree with him. Um, I just know that the Libertarian Christian Institute quoted him. And so here's what they quoted him as saying. Al Mohler swings and misses. His argument is that Christians should be involved with government schools and seek means of power within them, not to public, not to abolish them and replace them, but to improve them to love our neighbor. He is essentially urging Christians not to throw the ring of power into the fire, but to use it for good. Building up government schools to bless people. There, there's a lot of air quotes in here, um, scare quotes in this one, um, if you're not looking at it on the video. But I'm trying to emphasize that by my tone of voice. Hopefully you're catching it. Um, building up government schools to bless people with Christian culture is an oxymoron. Christianity and biblical law is antithetical to civil government control of education. Government education is inherently statist. Even if they taught a comprehensive biblical ethic, which zero of them do, sorry, zero of them do, the medium itself is the message. We must abolish government schools and replace them with options not funded by wicked property taxes or controlled by civil government. So, um, and I'm, I'm, we're just going to go right back to the faces. We don't have to keep looking at that. You can find it yourself. It's on August 23rd post by the lci libertarian christian institute on facebook um we'll, we'll link to it in our the show notes um now you brought this to me and when you brought it to me uh can i can i quote you exactly what you said sure okay you asked can we dunk on this and i'll be honest at first i was like is he talking about al moeller like are we dunking on al moeller again because if you remember that did not turn <laughs> out well for us last time <laughs> <laughs> the, the last time we tried to dunk on al moeller he he rose up like patrick ewing and slapped us into the fourth row <laughs> It was, it's like have you seen like like that video i know i'm not a, a sports ball guy but you know where the guy goes up to slam dunk it and the guy comes behind it and just slaps the ball into the backboard oh yeah that's real that's essentially what happened when we tried to, <laughs> we tried to dunk on al moeller just uh although we still think he's wrong <laughs> on that point uh we ended up being wronger uh <laughs> um 
but 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 you were saying you want what you actually wanted to do. You actually wanted to go after LCI on this point, and I'm gonna because you brought it. I'm gonna let you get the first word, um, because I may agree with you. I may not. Okay. I but, but yeah. I might agree with you. <laughs> let me say where I agree with this. Yes, government education is inherently statist. Yes, we must abolish government schools and replace them with options not funded by wicked property taxes or controlled by civil government. Agreed, agreed, agreed. But in the meantime, what do we do? So, so in the, in the, in the meantime, there are real children who are actually attending schools that are worse than they need to be because the people running for school board are worse than seven randos pulled off the street would be. Like, you're having... You're having a worse class of human run for and win school board positions than the society at large would dictate. So, so if you believe as a Christian in loving your neighbor by, by protecting them from uh, moral decay and 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 degradation, and that you can apply that to your neighbor's kids as well, um, and 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 by 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 seeking the welfare of the city, and and even a city you know is going to be destroyed, um, but seeking the welfare of the city. For, for the for the real people who are going to be hurt by withdrawal from the public square in the meantime. And and so so it, okay, so if premise one is I can love my neighbor by maintaining these institutions and and protecting kids from this moral decay. Premise two is the public schools are actually worse in terms of moral decay than democracy requires. Um, and that um, and that at the very least, at the very least, it would be a good and righteous thing to protect even more moral degradation from coming to the public schools to at the very least hold the line and prevent even worse because as bad as it is, it could be worse and it is coming to your school district. If people don't run for school board. Yeah. So, 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 like, those are the only things that we need to believe to say that, yes, it could be good and righteous to run for school board. And I think that was much more Al Mohler's argument than, well, we need to prop up a status system and keep it going. Like, yeah, Al, Al Mohler, not the friendliest voice to libertarianism. It's fine. He doesn't go out of his way to attack us most of the time. So whatever. Um, um, but um, but here I don't think he's wrong. I think I, I think I think a, a couple of pretty simple Christian premises that would be the same Christian premises that you'd apply to running for any civil magistrate position, because you could do this on all of them. Like, do I think the state comptroller should exist? Probably not. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, well, and, 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 I mean, you, uh, do 
do I think the U.S. Senate should exist? Do I think, you know, like, <laughs> um, so, so you could do this, so, and, and, and yes, government schools are categorically of a different kind. And, and I do not think that working toward their incremental abolition um, is inconsistent with running for the school board and 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 maintaining a um, and maintaining a a more functional and more like so in other words i'm not a leninist i don't think we just let the schools get worse to make their abolition easier i think those are real kids in those schools and that we should care that and and you know depending on where you live most places 90 95% of your neighbors are sending their kids to to the public schools so you kind of have to care about them so it, it, again, in the in the sense, uh, to the extent that you care for your neighbor and the welfare of the city, so so that's that's my argument. That's why I don't think it's wrong to run for the school board. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's it in any way means that you're conceding that state education is moral. Um, and by the way depending on where you live, in some places, the school board might have some control of how school choice money gets allocated or who's eligible for, um, who's eligible. Sometimes the school district it's the, or the, the school trustees themselves decide who's eligible to leave the district for a, a different option elsewhere. Um, and uh, and and they decide a lot of a lot of important things like that that are that are relevant even to even to giving people escape options, and certainly the bully pulpit of the school board is frequently used to argue against the incremental abolition of state schools. So having people in there who will not use it as a bully pulpit to argue against the incremental abolition of state schools, but will instead will instead second those arguments would be a positive development. So for all these reasons, I think I think this criticism is misplaced. And then and then I don't mind getting into into where they might also be misrepresenting Moeller here, but, but yeah. I want to at least say, I want to at least say just, even if I knew nothing about what Moeller said, yeah. and I, by the way, <laughs> I saw the article he was responding to before I heard the briefing, and then I heard the briefing, and then I saw this, <laughs> and so, so well, I saw things in the correct order for this, yeah. but even if I hadn't. So, that's what I really wanted to get at. It's like, uh, initially I looked at that, and I remember I said to you, ooh, we might disagree on this one. Because I kind of was like, I can see where they're coming from until I pulled up the article and I saw like the, the briefing itself and I saw how incredibly out of context they were taking Moeller. Yeah. They're taking incredibly out of context. Now to be fair, he tweeted out the second part to his briefing, but it was the second part of his briefing. This isn't the first thing that he said on the briefing. This was part two. Um, the whole thing was essentially a critique against pietism yes. which we are very sensitive to that uh critique ourselves right. so the first part the whole the whole briefing uh there's three parts the first part is the christians christians did not start the culture wars but we cannot evade them the imperative of christian engagement for the good of society the second part is yes christians should be on the school board why christians cannot abandon responsibility for the larger society and that is largely following on the same theme 
because he sees one article which is basic which was a article from the New York Times that said uh God is not a cult the God I know is not a culture warrior cultural culture warrior that's the article that he was responding to in that one and the second one is a Christianity Today article saying don't run for the school board um and and largely both of them are on the same principle that um that instead of engaging in politics and the so-called culture war, we should simply be involved in evangelism, uh, conversion, or, uh, or discipleship of our own kids in the, in the case of the second article. Yeah. And in fact, the, the, what, what it seems to be saying is the article he's responding to, correct me if I'm wrong, is not taking the LCI tack of saying so pull your kids no. from the public school put them in a christian school and uh um or homeschool it like it, they it were saying as an option it says that is an option but then it also yeah. just just disciple your kid in the three hours that you have them at home and expect them to yeah. go just fine in the eight hours they're at school but basically he comes back around to saying like no no if you have an opportunity to gain power it is good for a Christian to gain power when they when they have opportunity to rise itself, um, and then then part three, and because I, th I think all three parts need to be held together, is and then in part three he moves on to the instance of the the Florida school that was called out. Which by the way, I watched the speed the the principals uh the or the headmasters uh statement on that uh it was it was basically um saying that. <clears throat> basically and it was really that they were reaffirming what has always been the rule there which is that quote one's biological sex must be affirmed and no attempt should be made to physically challenge change alter or disagree with one's biological gender including but not limited to elective sex reassignment transvestite transgendered or non-binary gender fluid acts of conduct students in school will be referred to by gender on their birth certificate and be referenced in name uh in the same fashion and so, um, and he gave an uh, a video response to the criticism, and it was massively based. And I was a huge fan of that. But, but basically, he came. It seems like for, and I'm just skimming. I'm skimming this because I didn't actually listen to the briefing. Though I'm thinking I need to start listening to the briefing more. Uh, but, uh, but basically, it seems like he's saying, and this is why. It's because it's not just about when you take over the school board. It's not just about taking over the public school. It's saying that the direction of society at large is even going to have an impact on if you say you want to pull your kid from public school and put them in a Christian school. Well, this is what ignoring the culture war does is they're not going to ignore you. We can try and ignore the culture war and hide away in our Christian institutions, but the, the culture war isn't going to in isn't going to ignore us. It's kind of like, honestly, this has been my biggest criticism against agorism. Like yeah. I get the case where I, like they're like it sounds really nice. Let's just ignore the state, build a garden, uh, know your butcher. It sounds great, and I think I'm 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 into it on other grounds. Um, but then I'm like, but what happens when the guys with guns come? Are like, are you gonna throw tomatoes at them? You know, like what happens when the bank when the IRS seizes your Bitcoin? You know, like what what happens when they seize your gold? Like all this this whole idea of ignoring the state and just building the the sort of like it, it's not going to work when the guys with guns come, and so we can't ignore the political realm. And I and I think this is largely what's going on here, and this is why I have a criticism against a certain type of libertarian. Um, and and this has been a, a common uh, criticism. In fact, most of the quote post libertarian. Uh, criticism is largely just this against this type of libertarian that says so because the state is evil and the state is uh, immoral therefore a Christian should not get involved is essentially an Anabaptist uh, perspective essentially uh, it is to it is to libertarianism what Anabaptism is to or pietism is to Christianity is saying and as we know that causes trannies <laughs> it is take 
watch our own thing and don't worry about them except that they will not not worry about us and so i think when you put it back in context i think al Mohler's point is perfectly understandable and perfectly reasonable is saying that we need to for the good of society be involved in society partly because it's good for society and partly because it's good for us right like right yeah. I before you have your say because I know you're going to have something to say and it's it's going to be good, it's going to be brilliant because it always is. I am going to take us once again to the wisdom of the Keech catechism. Nice. Because I happen to be studying this uh question right here, question 89 of the Keech catechism. If you're not watching on video, if you are a quote superior audio listener that you're going to have to look it up for yourself or, or just trust me when I say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but question 89 of the Keech catechism, which I don't know what that is. Westminster shorter catechism. I, I didn't check out. Normally I'd like to show that, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I don't have time. We're just, move, we're just moving fast. We're moving quick here. But the question is what then is the purpose of the law since the fall? Now, what have they just did? They just, they've just gone through, I'm going to bring back the handsome men because I'm doing hand motions. And if no one's seeing my hand motions, like it's like if a tree falls in a forest, did it, you know, make a sound. If a man's making a hand motion, is it really emphatic? And it's not seen you know, anyway. Uh, so they just gone through the 10 commandments and exposited what it means with the positive, with the negative, what the, the extra th- statements along the way say, uh, and then he gets to the end of it and says, is any man able perfectly to keep, the commandments of God in question 88, no mere man. That's an important emphatic right there. No mere man. Cause there was a man who was able to keep the co- the, the law of God. Praise the Lord. Uh, but no mere man since the fall is able in this life perfectly. That's another important phrase there. Cause I think sometimes reform people, we will go at uh, total depravity and especially like an uncritical, Calvinism sort of thing of like total depravity means that we are all as bad as we could be all the time, but that's not the teaching. It's not the teaching of the catechism, not the teaching of the reformed tradition. No mere man since the fall is able in this life perfectly to keep the commandments of God. We can keep the commandments of God. We can grow in keeping the commandments of God. That's what sanctification is. That's another reason why I think that this antinomian streak in the, the gospel center movement is a real problem. Because the law is not useless. No man is able perfectly to keep the commandments, but we can keep the commandments and we can learn to grow in keeping the commandments. It's not perfectly. But daily breaks them in thought, word, and deed. Those are the great cat the great uh from from the uh the the old liturgy. Uh the, this the, there's the uh the the tradition of they would confess all the sins that they have committed against God in thought word and deed and there's a they would, they would pat their breast as a as a uh a sign of beating you know the the the, the penitential uh, order uh in thought word and deed and what we have done and what we have left undone so every man breaks the commandments and thought word and deed and what we've done and what we left undone so then it says what then is the purpose in the law since the fall so if we can't keep it perfectly what then is the purpose of the law since the fall Right. And by the way, I don't have WCF catechisms memori- numbers memorized, but I can tell you that in the New City Catechism, this is question 13 and question 15. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, which New City is kind of a uh, a simplified and hybridized yes. version of the Westminster and the Heidelberg brought together, kind of. Correct. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so then what then is the purpose of the law since the fall? Answers the purpose of the law since the fall is to reveal the perfect righteousness of God. That's the overarching category. Since the law, with the law, since the fall, the law continues to reveal the perfect righteousness of God. Now, that's not just the perfect righteousness that God has, though it does reveal that. So, if nothing else, studying the moral law which is what we're talking about. We're talking about the moral law as, as exposited in the 10 commandments. Uh, it reveals the perfect law. If nothing else, we learn about who God is by looking at the 10 commandments, but it's not just the perfect righteousness of God. It is the perfect righteousness that God calls us to 
And for what purpose? That, and this word that covers both of the next sections. I'm big on breaking down um, sentences, especially when it comes to catechism. So it's, it's two things. That, one, that his people may know their will, uh, his will for their lives. That his people may know his will for their lives. That's the first thing. This is, uh, this is, uh, it is not the means of sanctification. The gospel is still the means of sanctification. We are still sanctified by faith alone in the same way we are justified by faith alone. Sanctified by faith in gospel. Um, it works out in works, but it is still faith in the gospel that sanctifies us. But the law, it does stand as our, I like to say, as our ruler. It's like our yardstick. The law stands as our yardstick as we are pursuing sanctification in Christ by leaning upon him and resting upon him and, and uh, calling on the spirit and prayer to sanctify us. We stand against the ruler, the yardstick, the, the, the meter marker of the law, and we see how we are measuring up. It's not a checklist to do this, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. It is a yardstick by which we measure ourselves. Um, but then there are some, but then it goes on to the next one. Are all transgressions of the law equally heinous? Some sins are in themselves and by reason of several aggravations are more heinous in the sight of God than others. We can avoid more heinous sins uh, mm -hmm. and we should. Like when it says thou shalt not murder, we can not murder <laughs> and we cannot support state sanctioned murder. Hello, abortion. But uh, there, there are the heart level issues of the law, which will always be revealed. There will always be sin left. We were net. We will never perfectly keep the law of the side of eternity, but we can stand against the marker of God's will and we can, of God's law, and we can pursue sanctification and righteousness and keeping that law better. But that's the easy side. That's the, although that's the part that gets debated. This is the part where I think is we have the political implications abound on this second part. So the purpose of the law since the fall is to reveal the perfect righteousness of God that one, his people may know his will, their, his will for their lives and two, the ungodly being convicted of their sin. So the conviction of their sin by the law may be one restrained therein and brought to Christ for salvation. Now, is that one movement or two things? I think there are two things. That's two things. The, the restraining of the law is what we would call the civil use of the law. That hearing the commandments of the law and seeking to live out the moral law, we have a better society. We are more restrained from sin because uh, to the point of the gospel-centered folk, doing... Uh, doing good deeds will not save you. However, doing sin will damn you. Right. And so unrestrained sin will continue to add to our condemnation and our hard heartedness and will stand against our reception of the gospel. The hard heartedness built up through uh, engagement in our sin uh, will stand in the way of a, of an unbeliever receiving the gospel. And so they're restrained and brought to Christ for salvation by the conviction. But the restraining of the sin, even if they are never brought to Christ for salvation, the restraining effects of the law still have effects on first civil life and therefore on the life of the believer. Like there is a benefit to preventing the decay of society by drawing, by, by pushing it and calling them to follow the moral law. When John the Baptist called Herod a sinner for marrying his brother's wife, he was not failing in his work as an evangelist. Sometimes it seems like how we talk about it. Like if we're calling them a sinner, then if we're calling out the sin of this culture, then we're being legalist. John was not being a legalist when he was doing that. He was recognizing that the governors are, uh, must rule in 
Uh, they must rule in line with the moral law. Um, and so therefore they must live in line with the moral law. Because society is better when people who follow the moral law are in charge of it. Like, we, I would love, like, as a libertarian, we have to, we've even talked about this in the past. Like, we've had, we've had a conversation, I can't remember what episode it is. We talked about um, how it is not a contradiction for us to say that we want to, uh, civil use of the moral law uh, to build a moral law society, and yet we are also for religious pluralism. That is, we are for religious liberty. Sorry, not pluralism, but liberty. I'm not for religious pluralism. I want everyone to be a Christian, but I am for religious liberty. There is a difference. <laughs> uh, we are for religious liberty. And in fact, I'm going to argue that religious liberty is really only actually possible when moral law Christians are in charge. I which, and I know I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to step on some toes in a second. I, by which I mean Protestant Christianity. Religious liberty is only possible when moral law Christianity uh, is in charge. Um, when any other religion gets control, including the secular religion, they begin to force converts. Uh, we can only have a religious liberty society when it is built upon the moral law of God. That is, is a virtuous society. Um, now, would we rather it be done through um, non-state means, non-governmental means? Would we rather, yeah, every uh, every public school be abolished, and every uh, um, you know every every government uh, uh what's call it um, school board position privatized? Yeah, I love that. Um, but we live in the real world. And we can't um, dream about a world that doesn't exist. We need to live in the world that does exist. And so while we strive for uh, things like, as we talk about a lot, um, a national divorce, we need to learn how to live within, we need to continue to live within the world in which uh, decentralization has not yet happened. Um, privatization of, of education has not yet fully happened. We can strive toward that. They're not mutually exclusive goals. And I think that's really where... Um, we're going to find disagreement with this um, LCI statement is that they are not mutually exclusive. You are not uh, taking the ring of power for yourself to use their metaphor to say, let's try to use uh, the existing power structures to carve out a little liberty for ourselves, to carve out a little moral um, law, um, a little moral law society for ourselves. It's not wrong to seek to use the existing power structures to do that. And, um, and so that's really, um, I think that's what, uh, Dr. Moeller is saying there. I think that's what LCI is missing there. And, um, that's all I have to say. And I know Jeff had things to say, but he is currently away dadding. Um, so, and I don't really want to get too far away before he gets a chance to talk. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, um, there, there was a, a part in, in that, uh, soliloquy where I wanted to bring up that, uh, episode 17.5, what sends us to hell, um, yes. which, which was when we first started actually bothering to number our bonus episodes, I think, um, yep. uh, <laughs> uh, that was, um, uh, that was uh, where we got more into how, uh, uh, yes, good works don't save us, but but bad works condemn us. Um, yeah, and um, and, and, and I then, brought yeah. up while you were off um, the moral law and religious liberty um, uh, episode where. Oh, where, okay. Oh, okay, great. Where I actually made yeah, the yeah. argument. I made the argument and is after you'd, you'd had to go off um, that um, a Christian that actually a moral law society by which I mean a Christian society is really the only one in which religious liberty is actually possible. Yeah. So, okay. So then I also want to point out that the original writer that Moeller is, is arguing against 
Um, also, she doesn't just say running for the school board. She also says regularly lobbying the school board. That's right. That's right. That's right. And she's allowing that your kids might be under the school board, that your kids might be going to a public school. And she's also saying not to regularly lobby the school board. Let wow. me say this right now. If you are putting it out of the question, if you're if you're if you are sending your kids to the public school and putting it out of the question that you should be regularly lobbying them, then just say they're not your kids anymore. Yeah. You you handed them over to the state. Yep. You you have you have seeded your parenting. You've yep. seeded their discipleship. Yep. You are not you can't tell me <laughs> you can't tell me you're gonna disciple your way out of that. Yep. At that point, if you, I'm saying, here, here's very specifically what I'm saying. If you are sending your kids to the public school and it is impossible for you to imagine regularly lobbying them, okay, I'm putting forward the most extreme, but it's what she's arguing for. Yep. Then, then you have. You have abdicated your responsibility to parent your child based on based on the biblical concept of what that means. Yep. So 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 this is how far off base that she is. And 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 can we just notice that somehow, I'm sure it's a coincidence, somehow Christianity today, when it's arguing for what Christians should and shouldn't do in politics, somehow it ends up favoring the left. Everything they recommend ends up favoring the left. What? See, so I would say, I would say that LCI should notice that pattern, yep. recognize the game, and be on Mueller's side. Yeah, it's it's interesting how often uh it's funny. Uh the same libertarians who decry team sports uh behavior end up so often being team sports players because really the issue is that Moeller once disagreed with their founder and so Moeller is the great enemy. Like really that that kind of feels like what's going on here. Now I might maybe I'm not being fair to him. That's fair. That's that you could accuse me of not being fair and it's you're maybe right. Um, but, but it is true. Like, uh, I think Moeller is absolutely right on this one. I think pietism is not the way to go. Uh, pietism in a bab uh, and, and, uh, and, um, well, I was gonna say in a baptism, but that's, there's, there's different flavors of that. It's probably not fair to broad brush that whole thing, but, uh, pietism and agorism. I just, it seems like they just in, in many ways are the same thing. That is, there's this idea that if we leave them alone, if we just stick to what we're doing, if we don't bother with culture, with society, with so with um all that stuff, then th then we can just create liberty, virtue, whatever, just purely by evangelism and purely by live your own life. Um, but that's just it doesn't work when the guys with guns show up. And it really is in both situations. That is what happens. Um, it's it's funny because you're, you're talking about like, don't lobby the school board. Well, what is going to move the school board? Lobbying them. Because you know what yeah. the left does? They lobby the school board. And so like th this whole game is really like, it's so funny that like we're acting like this game, which by the way, has not worked is going to suddenly start working now. This, this game of, of ignoring things and being like, you know, it's just a few few crazies out there. They're not, you know, most most people are not like those crazies who are coming to the school board. Yeah, but you know what those crazies who go to the school board are? Loud enough to be heard. And then they move the right. direction of the school board. And so th this idea that if we just right. stay quiet, we'll just be the silent majority, that that'll work. It's it's never worked before, and it's not going to start working now. Well, and and if you do accept the premise 
that you should regularly lobby, regularly lobby the school board, but you don't accept the premise that Christians should run for the school board. Let me point out to you that one of the one of the only ways to make your lobbying effective is to threaten to take them out. <laughs> so, and also, it's a great way to find out if the silent majority is really on your side. Yes. Like the truth is, you've got my, my okay. I brought up my friend before who who's running for state office, and I'm so proud of him because he ran a boldly pro life campaign, and that was like because and that was really what he. I asked him like, what in the world made him want to do this, and he said, honestly, we had just been praying about what we can do about abortion, and how could we um how could we do do what we what can we do to end it? And and the Lord just kind of put, you know, it's a convoluted kind of story, but the Lord basically put this opportunity in his path. And he ran a boldly liberty, not a, a boldly pro-life campaign. Um, he also said COVID <laughs> policy played huge into it. He also ran a lot on that, on, on a COVID libertarian type um, uh, policy. But he said the big thing was he just would not back down. That he would just say abortion is murder, period. Uh, it is a scourge, and we are, our country will be judged for it. And so we need to end it. We'll be judged by God for it. He was very clear about his Christian uh, standing, his Christian understanding of things. And his anti-abortion message was based on that. And he won his district handily. Like he won so hard that the incumbent was like had had like minuscule percentage because he won so hard. If he did not run on that perspective, then he would not have found out that seventy nine percent of his district Republicans agreed with him on the seriousness of abortion and and the seriousness of wanting a Christian, particularly dedicated to ending abortion on Christian grounds, on biblical grounds. Like if you're not running for school board, you're not going to find out if the society wants a Christian school board. Right. And that's the best way to find out what the public school. See, that's the problem. It's like, because we don't show up to these things, the public doesn't actually get represented. Right. Only the crazies, only the Karens, only the, the, the petty tyrants ever run for anything because they're the only ones who want to run for anything. And so the options are always between the woke crate, the woke lunatic, the petty tyrant, or the local Karen. And you have to pick which of those three you like the, the, you dislike the least. And that's the option. And so they have the Christians have to throw their weight behind someone or just not vote. And so then all the school board gets filled with crazies because Christians will not step up and do things like this. Well, the, 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 the massive irony is that um, this is not the federal government we're talking about. The quote, ring of power? This is not federal government elections. We're not running for president. I don't know that LCI would criticize Ron Paul when he ran for president. But we're right. not even talking about that. We're talking about a school board. This is as local as it gets. This is local. This is as decentralized as it gets. Running for a school board. Like, what are they gonna? What are you gonna start marching people off to Gitmo from your school board? No. <laughs> this is this is such a over exaggeration of what kind of power a school board member has. You know what a school board member has power over? The curriculum at the local school. Although the hiring it does, and firing it does of have administrators. Yeah, uh, mostly just the superintendent. Yeah, um, uh, which has a big effect. Um, sorry, I think. I, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, like, like a lot of board CEO type models, they have the power to hire and fire one person. <laughs> in this case, the superintendent. Yeah. Most in most cases. Um, now, obviously, the ability to hire and fire him gives a lot of authority over telling him what to do. Um, but um uh but yeah and 
I was I was I was just going to say that there there is there is one overlap um, between the Ring of Power and running for school board. It's that you can become functionally invisible. Um, that that would be the one. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> although not as invisible as some school board trustees would like to have been over the past three years. Um, yeah. Well, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So look, we can, can we, can we start? Can we start from the premise that when we are odd for temporal things um, that that we, it, it, when we're making our daily bread kind of supplications that this does not absolve us from taking action yeah. then to fulfill those supplications yeah. um, and that and that sometimes God might even as an answer to our prayer, make available to us a significant amount of work <laughs> to to answer our own prayer. Yeah. So I would say if we can pray for righteous rulers, even at the school board le- level, then it cannot be unrighteous to run. Right. And then I have a, a, a slightly more extended point. So if you wanted to jump in here, go ahead. Have okay. It. Then then I would say, so then, so then let, let me read to you a prayer that I know cannot be unrighteous because it's Psalm 10. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? This is asking God in the here and now, temporally, He's not denying that there is a God in the heavens, of course. He's saying in the here and now, temporally, why are you not making yourself seen? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. I cannot think of a better sentence to explain the public school system today. In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Would be an excellent tagline for the public school system today. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul and the greedy one for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. More support for him not denying that there is a God in heaven. (laughs) He's saying, why aren't you showing yourself in the here and now? Why aren't you? Why aren't you intervening against the wicked temporally today? So again, speaking of the wicked, his ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. Which again, okay, just, I know that this isn't written about school boards, but can you see how it applies? Like, (laughs) can you see how it applies to a school board that says, that says, no, you don't get to know what clubs your kid is joining at our school because we want to make sure that we have a safe and caring space here at our school. And that means not telling parents what clubs their kids join. Um, that Thinking that they are beyond the judgment of God and man. Um, your judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. I can never lose my seat. I will never be unelected. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages and hiding places. He murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. So he so he seizes the he seizes the poor by 
insidious, surreptitious means, which again, reminds me of something. The helpless are crushed, sink down and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and in his heart and say in his heart, you will not call to account. But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you, the helpless commits himself, for you have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. So this is explicitly calling for, for God to use his power to prevent the wicked and the evildoer from being able to continue to harm in the way they are harming. So in the context of a local school board that is doing harm, the way to the, the, the peaceful legal means <laughs> to, uh, to prevent that harm would be to beat them in an election. It is the only peaceful legal means of preventing them from doing this harm is to beat them in an election, which means that we should want it. If we believe that evil is being done, if we believe that the poor are being seized, if we believe that these, that these people are considering themselves immune against all judgments of God and man, which listen to their meetings, most of them have to be posted online. <laughs> they do. They do. Then we should be praying this. We should be praying that the poor of our cities stop being afflicted by evil men who sit on school boards in, among other places. So, the Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O oh Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. So, if it is righteous to pray this, if it is righteous to see the affliction that school boards can bring, then it is righteous to be the answer to this prayer. Right. I mean, like, Okay, so first of all, first of all, <laughs> uh, let's let's clear up an exegetical problem, or I guess it would be a biblical theological problem. Trust not in princes does not mean having a good prince is insignificant. Right. Trust not in princes, like that's, that's so often what I hear is people being like, "Trust not in princes," so don't get so wrapped up in politics. No, it's saying ultimately a prince is not the ultimate <laughs> uh, place that help is going to come from. Yes, trust not in princes when the option is trust princes or trust God. Yes. God is supreme over princes and over kings. But you know what God uh, established over Israel? The same Israel they said that penned the psalm that says do not trust in princes. God established princes over them. And so, the and, and, but then of course the question is like we and we talk about this sometimes like yeah, our political philosophy is anarchism and yet we don't we need to answer the question of what does a what should a Christian do if he finds himself in the position of being elected or of being a king, or what if a king becomes a Christian does he abdicate his throne what does he do what should he do there's a questions that in in that and also like there, there's a question of like okay so. What if you have an opportunity to put someone in a, in a position, what kind of person should they be? Like, if you've got a chance to, to move that in the right direction, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and so really here's, here's my thing. Okay. Here's my thing. And I've said it before. If we want to carve out real Liberty,
That I heard. Nope, you heard. Uh, there we go. There we go. Okay, I'm back here. Right? Do you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, and I'm and I'm showing up on the OBS. Okay. Um. Yep. I don't know. <sighs> okay, so you you aren't seeing a waveform anymore. No. Um, okay. I, I see it now. Um, okay. Okay. So let me you back said, it up a little bit. <laughs> you said if we're gonna have if we're gonna have righteous laws, I think was that the way you started that sentence? Or uh if we're gonna carve out liberty and any oh, for, right. for ourselves. Okay, I've said this before. If we're gonna carve out liberty for ourselves, the best place to aim for it, the things that we're gonna need to to go after is local school boards, local uh City councils, libertarians are not going to want to hear this, but local sheriffs. Local sheriffs, for sure. In, the, in the states, less so here. And I would say even like also like local city, like uh, um, attorney generals or city, um, uh, what do you call it? DAs, district attorneys. Like the, those are yep. the areas we want to go for if we want to carve out liberty for ourselves. Because we all agree that this is the problem that's come. That, that's that's the problem is is the the law enforcement and the uh, uh, the uh, the state. Uh, what what do you call it? The 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 um what this the, what is the state side of the 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 uh, of the legal channel? What's it called? Shoot. The people. Uh, no, he, I'm, I'm looking for a different um different word but yeah um they they are the ones who are the, the crown here <laughs> yeah they're aggressively representing the state laws and and aggressive and, and interpreting them as aggressively as possible and, and ex executing them as aggressively as possible but if we could cut that off and say we if we could uh, start if the libertarian party were to go around the country and elect libertarian sheriffs on the grounds of saying i will not execute any unjust law and here's my definition of an unjust law and say we will stand on your behalf and then they will look at the city council and say if you pass laws that are against federal and even state laws we will stand on your side and then we elect city councils filled with libertarians like that would carve out actual liberty for ourselves and then we also agree that the biggest problem that we have when it comes to fighting against the Leviathan is that the state is currently teaching all of our kids that Leviathan is good. That big government is good. So we need to take the city, the, take back the, 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 uh, gov the government schools would be a good place. I mean, yeah, if we can get rid of government schools, even better. And I actually saw, I actually looked at the comments underneath the LCI's post and someone said, okay, option one, abolish government schools. Option two, keep governments or government schools continue to exist, but Christians are actively involved in them. Option three, uh, keep government schools, but Christians are not actively involved in them. Uh, sure. Option one is the best, but I prefer option two over option three. Right. And so that's my thing is if, if as, as long as public schools continue to exist, I would actually, I'm even going to go so far as to say, I would rather have Christians on the school board than even libertarians It'd be even better if they were libertarian Christians, but I would rather they be Christians who are trying to teach our children to be moral, uh, biblically moral, moral law following children. Uh, then teaching them they can be a uh, a non-gender specific cat person. Uh, I would rather they hand out Bibles than condoms. Call me crazy, but that's what I would rather. If I if I if the public, government school has to exist, that's what I want it to do. And um, it seems to me silly that we don't at least try to influence the local public school. And then of course people will be like, well, if all of the Christians, all the Christians are doing homeschooling and private schooling, then they can't run for, for, uh, government, uh, for, for, for school board. If they're doing that, I don't know. Why not? Uh, you could run on the grounds of like the reason I'm not part of your government schools is because it's such a mess. And maybe if you elected me and I got the government schools running back in order, maybe I'd send my kid back over there. You know, you could, you could run on that. Uh, 
but yeah, I I think I think it is fundamentally uh, short-sighted to think that we are going to accomplish liberty without taking hold of local power. Yeah. And and just look, not every Christian needs to run for the school board, obviously. But if you do say you've got your bill to abolish the public schools in in your locality, whatever that is. You've got that bill coming. Is it more likely to pass if every single school board <laughs> says this is this is going to be the end of days, or if at least a, at least some of them say, you know what, this could probably be done better by voluntary association. Yeah. And and even how it's gonna it's gonna happen a lot better if there are people on the board who are going to help it to dissolve m- more uh, effectively, you know, who are going to um, be part of the like you know like could you picture a public school uh, a a city government a, a government uh, a public school being kind of dissolved into a private institution. Uh, it'd be nice to have people on the board to facilitate that transition. You know, nope. who want it to happen, who are not going to tank it. I mean, another thing we've, we noticed, like, you know what, what happened? Okay. What happened with the Afghanistan withdrawal? Um, it seems by and large, what happened was the generals on the ground purposely tanked it in order to make Biden look bad withdrawing that seems like the best argument for what actually happened or even if they didn't they were not sufficiently committed to the political decision right to make it want to look good right and so it's it's not just about ending the war you want to have people on the ground who want to end the war you know that's that's what i mean is is even if we want to dissolve the, the public school, it's better to have people who want to dissolve the public school on the, on the school board. And that's going to make it easier to accomplish. And they're not going to gum up the works or people, or at least people who are open to the possibility. Like you don't need to put a bunch of anarchists uh, or, or anti-public school people on the board. Just people who are like, you know what I really want? I want good education. I want moral education. And then if it is shown to them that the best way to do that is to dissolve the public school and to set, uh, dissipate, dissipate their assets among private schools. And they're like, okay, I guess that's the best way to do it. Then I'm, I'm in, you know, like that, that's the kind of people we want on school boards. In the meantime, I'd rather they be moral Christians who want to teach uh, students to be moral Christians. Call me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I think I think that that this was a swing and a miss by LCI, not by Mueller. Yeah. Um it, it, you know um as as Mueller says right before starting that segment and and you mentioned they, they kind of in this, not every briefing is like this, but in this briefing, they all flowed together. And a lot of them do do that. Um, uh, he says, uh, love of neighbor is not just being sweet and polite. Love of neighbor also means we have an responsibility to seek that the laws are righteous, that the laws comport with reality. And pause quote from Mueller for a moment to just say laws that comport with reality would be a start. Unpause quote from Mueller <laughs> that the policies 
and governing structures and reigning ideologies of our time are as consistent with biblical truth as is possible. That, that to me is one of the best ways you could possibly put it, is that, is that love of neighbor means, means the people who make the rules for your neighbor, and yes, I think rules should be made by voluntary association as much as possible, okay? <laughs> but until that happens, the people who make the rules for your neighbor, as much as possible, live in the world that God made and not some fantasy world. 